All right, so it's me. I'm back again. Um, it's it's late at night. I'm sitting here in my room, and I was just kind of letting my mind wander a little bit, just thinking about life and philosophizing, <laughs> if you will. Um, and I started thinking about relationships and how men and women interact with one another. Right. And I started thinking about thinking to myself that in today's society, men and women struggle to succeed in the dating scene. You know, and I think it's it's because we don't truly understand what the other is looking for in relationships, men and women. Right. It's it's tough. You know, you always hear people say, I just don't get what she's thinking. I, I just don't get why he would think that I would do that or or what have you. For me, it comes down to a couple of truisms. So I'm going to try and organize my thoughts. I'm going to ramble a little bit here, so bear with me. But it comes down to a couple of truisms. And one of those truisms is that women are the gatekeepers of physical intimacy and reproduction. So what does that mean? Right. They if you a guy wants to have any type of physical contact, assuming heterosexual relationship, wants to have any kind of physical contact with a woman, he needs to pursue her. He needs to go after her because it's still taboo in society for women to chase men. So it comes down to a man desiring a woman and then having the gumption to step up and try and speak to her. So women are the gatekeepers of physical intimacy. So it's always what you want in the other person makes them the gatekeeper of that particular thing. So I've spoken to a lot of women over the years and the same question keeps getting asked. Why have men stopped pursuing women? They haven't. <laughs> the real question is, and the real question that she's asking is, why have men stopped pursuing her? Right. And you have to really take stock because this is something that guys have been doing for years. Right. Decades, eons, if you will, in the sense that guys realize what women want, or at least women have communicated this is the type of guy that I want I want somebody who's ambitious I want somebody who looks good I want somebody who can make decisions you know whatever what whatever it is that a woman wants guys listen oh they listen intently trust me and so guys have gotten really good at hearing feedback from a woman that they want and becoming that guy Right. So if, if a woman is looking for someone who's ambitious, who's looking for someone who makes money, that guy's going to go out and he's going to hustle. He's going to break his back. Now, I, you know, I definitely have thoughts on how much of your life should be predicated on facilitating women um, and figuring out what they want and, and going after it for the sake of a woman, because I, I think I don't think that that's a great thing to do. I think that you should do things for yourself and whatever women come along, come along. But 
you know, guys have for a long time figured out what it is that women want and, and they do it. But I think that on the flip side of that, women have stopped caring about what guys want. Right. So women, women have been told in society, I guess you could you could kind of say that um, in women have long been told that they are perfect and that their mere presence in a relationship is all the benefit that a man needs. Right. All they need to do is just show up. And I think that that is a terrible precedent to set, but it it is the precedent that is set. I'll give you an example. Two two human beings, man and a woman. Uh, the the woman has sparked enough interest in the guy for the guy to ask her out, so he does. She accepts. She looks him up and down. She realizes, okay, he's attractive enough. They accept. There's enough mutual attraction for them to figure each other out to to learn to know each other. So they go out on a date, and that date ends. The guy pays because he's expected to pay. And then they go back to their neutral corners to kind of debate on whether or not they're going to see each other again. At this point, who is more invested in this relationship? They both spent the same amount of time going out on a date. They both spent the same amount of time getting ready. Now, it might it might look a little bit differently because the woman gets ready with hair and makeup and dresses and and all of that good stuff. Whereas a guy gets, I mean, there's a little bit of that where they try and figure out what they're going to look like and how they're going to present themselves. But they also have the added uh, burden of figuring out what they're going to do on a date. Because trust me, fellas, if you don't think that it's your job to entertain that woman on that date, you are sadly mistaken. You are not going to be successful if you don't entertain her, it's, it's that's it just is what it is. So they both put forth the same effort. Let's just call it a wash. They both put forth the same effort to plan for the date or to get ready for the date. Then they have the date. They both spent equal amount of time there because they were both trying to figure each other out. But at the end, the guy pays. And I mean, that date could be anywhere from twenty dollars to $50 to $150, depending on what you do, whether it's go to a dinner, go to a, a show, go to the movies, go, it doesn't matter. Wherever you go, whatever you do, that guy pays because it's expected. Society has put that expectation on them. Women have put that expectation on them because you look at it this way. If that check comes and the guy looks at her and says, okay, well, how you want to just give me the money and I'll just... You know, give me your half and I'll put the rest on my credit card or what have you. Guys have already figured out that if you do that, your chances of getting a second encounter with this woman are done. Now, if you've gone through the date and you don't want to pursue her any further, then, yeah, throw that out there. Let the chips fall where they may. But if you want to pursue her nine times out of ten, Society has dictated and women have dictated that you're going to pay if you want to to do that. So what does that mean? 
if we if we analyze that, if we look at that, it's it means that her time is more valuable than yours. Let me let me say that again. Her time is more valuable than yours. At least that's what society says. That's what women say. Now, if you bring that up and you say that to her, they're always going to be like, no, 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 that's not what it is. But the reality is, is that if you don't pay, she's going to think that you're cheap or incapable of taking care of her, providing that security for her and being that guy. So you have to do it. You have to do it if you want to date in the scene. But guys <laughs> dating with women that you don't know if you're going to have a relationship with and you go out on a date with one person or you go out with two dates with one person and then the woman says, nah, you're not the one. Then you go out on a date with another female and then you realize, nah, she's not the one. You go out on enough dates, if you're spending $100, let's just say something modest, $100 on a date, and you go out on five dates, that's $500. Plus the time and, and effort of gas and getting ready and, and all of that stuff, it can get expensive dating. Now, women will counter, counter with, well, if you're not prepared to date, then you shouldn't be asking women out on a date. It, that is an outrageous statement. <laughs> that is outrageous because they there is no accountability for them to say, you know what? Okay. I'm learning him, he's learning me. I should pay for my own meal. And it's not like well, I don't want to get in my on my soapbox on that one. So, we'll we'll move on. But that that all comes down to at some point in time there's a man who desires a woman, asks her out, and then they go out. Right now, you paying for the for the meal, you paying for the date, you paying for all of that. It is what it is. You need to get your dollars up. You need to figure it out. Now, for me, I would I would figure them out pretty quickly and and early and and try and put them to through some type of thing. And I'm not about playing games. I'm not about tests. But you need to figure out who you're talking to pretty quickly, right? You need to figure out who you're talking to pretty quickly. Now, on the first date, to be honest, I have no problems paying. I have no problems paying because I understand that's a social construct. I have no problems paying. But we're definitely going to have a talk, and I'm going to figure out pretty quickly where her head is as far as how men and women should interact with one another and deal with one another and money and time and whose time is more important and all of that stuff. We're going to figure that out, but I digress. The next portion or the next truism, as far as it pertains to guys is guys are the gatekeepers of emotional intimacy and commitment, right? Women are the gatekeepers of physical intimacy and reproduction. Guys are the gatekeepers of emotional intimacy and commitment. So what does that mean? See, you're the gatekeeper of something that the other person desires in you. 
right? So men want physical contact. They do. Now, that's not to say that they don't want emotional contact, but they really want the physical contact. Women, on the other hand, not to say that they don't want the physical, the emotional, con- uh, physical contact. They really want the emotional connection, right? So men are the gatekeepers of emotional intimacy and commitment, right? So as such, when a woman wants a high value man or wants a man in general, for whatever reason, whatever traits that she likes of him, whether it be his height, whether it be his look, his smile, the way that he treats other people, how much money he has, how she, how he makes her feel. It doesn't matter. Whatever benefit that she can derive from him, she wants. So she makes herself available and hopes that the guy pursues. But I think that that's one of the biggest problems, I think, in today's modern society where we've got modern feminism, where you've got a whole bunch of spiky haired, spiky blue haired, chubby, pierced women walking around here. And I got to be honest, ladies, guys don't like that. You might find a couple of guys that'll sleep with you or, or give you a little bit of their time. But as a general rule, guys like feminine women. I'm going to say that again, because I think that a lot of people struggle with that. Guys like feminine women. Now you can, Hey, it's your life. If you want to be a spiky haired, pierced, sexually promiscuous woman, that's going to run around and do, Hey, it is your life. You can do whatever you want. But when you do these things, don't be surprised when you look up and there aren't guys desiring you and chasing after you. They go hand in hand. You you can't live your life being promiscuous. And, and let's talk about that promiscuity, right? Women have gotten into a, a mode where they want to be treated just like the guys. They want to be guys. Right. So they want to go out and they want to be able to have a high body count and sleep with a whole lot of guys and do what it is that guys do and then turn around and say, well, well, guys can do it. Why can't women do it? Well, the reality is, is that men and women are different. Men and women are different. Now, I know a lot of people want to sit around and say that men and women are equal. They're not. Now, let me let me. Let me illustrate what I mean on that, because I know I probably triggered a lot of people just now by saying that men and women aren't equal. When I say they aren't equal, I mean they aren't equal in the way that they are perceived by society. They aren't equal in the way that they conduct themselves within society. They aren't equal in the way in expectations from society. I'll give you an example. If a man and a woman go out on a date, Let's say they're in college. They both get drunk. They both have regrettable sex. And I mean, regrettable in the sense that they didn't want to sleep with that other person. They both have regrettable sex. The next day, even though it's consensual, the next day, if both of them 
go to report the incident and say, hey, this other person raped me or whatever. The man will be considered the rapist and the female will be considered the victim because men are responsible for their own actions, whereas women are not. Now, that's not to say that that women can't be held accountable for whatever they are. It's not to say that there aren't women out there that aren't accountable for their actions. But as far as society is concerned, men are responsible for their actions. There's a uh, and I, I, I don't remember and I should have looked this up before I started. I didn't know I was going to get into this. But there's a there's a a teacher that she was 34 years old. She had sex with one of her students and her student was 15. Now in every state in the union, that is statutory rape point blank period statutory rape. But when it, when she got pregnant and they went to the courts, the courts ordered the boy, the child, let's call him what he is, to pay child support. Now let's let's put that into perspective. The courts ordered the boy's rapist to receive child support from him for the next 18 years. Let that sink in. The child who legally isn't able to make adult decisions was ordered to pay child support to his rapist. Now you flip that and you have a 34 year old man sleeping with a 15 year old girl and he is thrown under the jail. I mean, they'll have a trial, but that trial will be a formality. He will be, he will make that perp walk and he will be in jail for a long time society views men as having responsibility for their actions or, or taking responsibility for their actions. Now, does that mean that, that you can't have a harmonious relationship with a woman? No, that doesn't mean that at all. It just means that guys, you need to understand what's going on out there. You need to understand that when you are dealing with a woman and you have kids, when the courts get involved, you're going to pay. You're going to pay. You're going to have to deal with the repercussions financially of that child. Because when you split, you know, two people, two people splitting, they will, when the two people split, there is the emotional trauma of splitting your family up. They both go through that. The man and the woman both go through that. But the man is going to have to shoulder the financial burden of the family, not the other way around. And the reason for that, a lot of people <laughs> ask that question. Well, why is that the case? The reason for that is that women date up, right? Women don't date guys that are below their station. Now, again, this is a generalization. That doesn't mean that a woman hasn't dated in the, in the history of humankind, hasn't dated a guy that was below her station. But for the most part, 
on average, in general, women date up. If a woman is making $80,000 a year, let's just say, and has a certain social status, she is only going to date guys that are at least at that social status and money. You're not going to see a woman making $80,000. You're not going to spend a whole lot of time with a guy who's a dishwasher at Old Charlie's. And I don't do it. But on the flip side, guys, he makes $80,000. He'll date a dishwasher or a hostess in a heartbeat because it's for guys, it's about desire. If a, if a guy desires a woman, hey, he will date that woman. No problem. He has no problem with that. Whereas women, it's a little bit different. I, I, I bring that up because women are are out there, they're, they're getting their education, they are making money. Women are out there making money. And a lot of times they're making more money than, than men. But they're still holding on to that hypergamous mentality of dating up. And women are starting to realize that they go to, they go to school, they get an education, Hopefully they get an education in something that's going to give them a career that's going to make them some money. They get out, they start making some money, and they start realizing that there aren't a whole lot of guys making $120,000, $150,000. And they start realizing that their dating pool is restricted because, well, it's only restricted because they're thinking hypergamously. They're thinking along the lines of, well, I have to date up. And if they stop thinking along those lines and stop using the terms of there aren't any eligible bachelors out here, dateable bachelors out here, there are plenty of dateable bachelors out there. You just have to cast aside your notions of their social status or the money that they're making. And as long as you hold on to that, then sure, your dating pool is going to be restricted. It's going to be restricted, but guys don't have that problem because guys for guys, it's all about desire, right? And desire is non-negotiable. <laughs> it's non-negotiable. If a guy likes tall, leggy, athletic, fair skinned women, then short, pudgy, heavily chested, dark skinned women aren't going to turn him on. And no matter how much you shame him or try and make him feel less than for not liking that, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, guys like what guys like. Some guys like to be able to set a drink on the backside of a woman. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. But some guys don't. So, but you can't, you can't look at that guy and say, well, if why don't you like blue haired, spiky haired, pierced women that try and emasculate men and all that stuff? Why don't you like us? We're awesome. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. At least not to that guy. And you need to just kind of understand that relationships. The third truism, relationships are transactions. They're transactional. Now, that might sound a little cold. That might sound like I'm reducing relationships down to just an exchange of goods and services. But at the end of the day, that's exactly what's happening. And guys, you need to understand that 
you you need to start looking at relationships as transactions for a couple of reasons. I'll give you an example. Let's say you've you've made a decision that you want to have cable TV in your home. Right. So what do you do? You go to in my in my case, Xfinity's website and you look at the packages that that they have and the channels that they have. And and you say, okay, I want all of the sports packages and I want this, that and the other. And you decide on it and the site quotes back to you that it's going to cost you sixty five dollars. Right. So you say, okay, I'm going to pay sixty five dollars for this service. You give them your credit card number and then they they send out some um, installation kit that you get and you install it. And so now you have cable, right? You have cable coming into your house. Now, what's actually going on here? You're giving them $65. Now, let's say you make $20 an hour, right? And with taxes to pay $65, that means that you need to earn probably about $80, right? So at $20 an hour, that's about, you know, let's not get into all the calculations and all that stuff. Let's keep the numbers nice and easy. Let's say that's four hours worth of your time of you getting up, trading your time for money at your job. It represents resources. So you only have so many hours in a week, in a day, in a week, in a month to work. So that $65 represents four hours of your life that you are giving over for the privilege of being able to watch TV in your home, right? And you're doing that for everything that you're paying for, whether it be car note, whether it be your house note, whether it be, you know, electricity, sending your kids to get music lessons or dogs and ponies and just everything requires a physical commitment to a job to gather resources to get that to you. Now it doesn't, I mean, you could, you could be your own businessman. You could, you could do all of that stuff, but I'm just assuming that most people who are getting up and going to work every day, that's what happens. The mutual benefit from that is you're getting the service of being able to watch TV. Comcast is getting the actual physical resources that you have generated from going to work and doing whatever you do. It's an equal exchange of goods and services. And financial resources. Now let's look at relationships. Relationships are emotional. There's an emotional currency that happens in relationships. You are trading your time and your resources and your emotions to somebody in the hopes that they are trading in turn their time, emotions and resources as well to facilitate you. And the goal is happiness. But here's the thing. Again, it comes back to women have been told that they are up on a, that they are perfect. They're up on a pedestal and they have been told that their mere presence is all it takes. Hey, I'm here. You have a possibility of, of sleeping with me and you can walk around in public with me. I'm giving you what you need. Whereas guys are giving that and resources and time and all of that. Not to say that they're not giving time as well, but you both should be transacting towards that relationship. 
And I know a lot of women, again, are probably triggered and saying, oh, what do you want, our bodies? Well, no, obviously not. I mean, men aren't doing as much chasing now as they used to. So it's not just about bodies. Look, guys can have sex. Guys can get sex. That's not the hard part. The hard part is is an emotional connection with somebody, right? So we can get that anywhere. But the reality is, is that when you start looking at a relationship from a transaction, you start realizing, okay, you start asking yourself the question, okay, as a guy, okay, what am I getting out of this? What am I getting out of this? I'm putting my time, I'm putting my effort into this. What am I, why am I doing this? What am I getting out of this? Now, if you ask that question and it's enough that she's just on your arm looking pretty eye candy and all of that, great. Then at least you're, you're going in with your eyes open. But if you're looking at that and you're saying, well, that's not enough. I need more then you need to take that to her and say, hey, look, I need a little bit more from you. And if she's not willing to give that, well, then you've got a decision to make. You've got a decision to make. You need to figure out where you're going to go from there. There's a, a useful heuristic uh, called Brifault's Law, right? And Brifault's Law states the female, not the male, determines all the conditions of the animal family where the female can derive no benefit from association with the male, then no association exists. Now I'm not a smart man, but what that means to me is, is that once you stop providing a value benefit to a female, then that relationship ceases to exist. It doesn't matter what you've provided in the past. Now, let's break that down a little bit. Brifault's law has come under a little bit of criticism in the sense that it is it is a study of animal, the animal kingdom, uh, which is purely matriarchal societies, whereas we live in a patriarchal society. And I know that's triggering for a lot of people, but it is. We live in a patriarchal society and human beings are a little bit more complex psychologically than than animals. I'll grant you that. But. There is a correlation beside that and how hypergamous a woman is. See, the more hypergamous a woman is, the more she falls under Brifault's law. Because as she kind of moves and shakes and goes through and realizes that she's trying to date up, she's trying to marry up, she's trying to extract resources from guys that hypergamous nature will drive her to make decisions based on the value benefit that she's receiving from guys moving forward. So if she's no longer receiving a benefit and benefit doesn't necessarily mean money benefit could be emotion. It could be physical interaction. It could be, you know, how she make, how he makes her feel. It could be the social status that she gets from dating him. It could be a, a great many things, but it's still a value benefit. And depending on how pergamous, how hypergamous she is, if she is no longer deriving a value benefit from that man, the relationship will cease to exist. Now, guys are in kind of the same boat, right? That if we aren't getting a value benefit 
from her, then the relationship's going to cease to exist. The difference, though, is that guys don't care about the social stru- the social cast or resources that a female brings. Doesn't care. The only thing a guy really cares about is how do you make me feel? How do you look? And are you somebody that I would want potentially raising my family and taking care of my family? Right. Whereas a woman, they're thinking about those things, too. But they're also looking at you from a resource standpoint. If you don't have resources as a guy, you are really behind the eight ball. You really are. You're, you're going to struggle with dating. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to find a woman here and there who will date you for you or date you for, you know, the value that you potentially bring to her life from an emotional standpoint or what have you. But, hey, man, it's all about those resources, man. It's all about those resources. So, guys, I, I will conclude it by saying this. Be careful out there. Understand that there are a lot of good women out there, but there are a lot of bad ones, too. And, you know, if you look at Sun Tzu, Sun Tzu always says, you know, you're going to win 50% of the battles that you encounter if you know yourself. You'll win 50% of the battles that you encounter if you know your enemy. You'll win 100% of the battles if you know yourself and your enemy and the terrain, right? So that's what we're kind of talking about here. Hey, I'm just here just really, and this kind of rambled on, this is gone way longer than I thought it was going to be, but where we just kind of talk about men, women, and the transactional nature of relationships, you need to understand that they are transactional. And you need to understand that you have a right to get out of a relationship what you want out of it. And it's not, and don't let a woman shame you into saying, well, oh, how could you want just sex or this or that? Hey, if that's what you want, then that's what you want. Again, desire is non-negotiable. If that's if that's what's important to me, then that's what's important to you. It's, it's it's about finding a woman that will provide that. You have as much right to look for in a woman what you want, just like they have as much right to look for in a man what they want. So I'm going to sign off. Thanks again for everybody who has hung in there with me, listened to my musings and gotten to this point. I appreciate you. And I'll see you next time.